So we're in this series, like I said, called In the Zone, and we believe this. Jesus came and he said, I came to give you life and give it to you better. He showed us the way to live. And many times the way that he spoke was like, hey, you've heard it said, be done like this, or some people do it like this, but he says, hey, uh, it's better if you do it like this. So don't do it like that. That's not going to work good. This works better. Do it this way. Essentially, this is the better way to live, and he modeled that for us. So essentially, this zone. When we live like this, the way God called us to, it's the better way to live. And so we've been talking about that the last couple of weeks. And today I want to jump into kind of a reminder. Uh, Paul says in many of his writings, uh, he says, hey, essentially I'm paraphrasing, but he would start a letter and say, hey, I know you guys know this, but it's good that I remind you. You know, he would say, hey, let me, uh, one word that we would use is exhort. Let me encourage you. Let me like remind you and inspire you back to this idea of this important thing, because we do this. The largest gap in the world is between what we know to do and then what we actually do. We know we should do this a little better and not do that and do this and that. The, what we know to do, but then what we actually do, there's this large gap. And so even Paul in his writings was like, look, I know we know that we should do better. I know that there's these things that we should be. And so I'm just reminding you and encouraging you, again, to pay attention to the things that we know so that we can fulfill them. Uh, I think what happens in our life is, you know, we don't do so good at what we expect of ourselves. We really find success when we find ways to do an inspection on ourselves. So we don't do so good of like, oh, I, you know, I kind of have this expectation of myself that I should do this. We really get down to it where we find success is when we've put avenues and roads in our place where we're like inspecting. Um, one of my goals for the beginning of the year was to just lose a little bit of weight. I was just, just didn't like how I felt and the energy and things. And so I got this little fitness watch and it, it tells me at the end of the day, hey, no, I, I know your expectation is to do a little better, but you're only halfway there. So treadmill's waiting. <laughs> and it would tell me and it would inspect for me in my life. Okay, I'm, you know. And so for me, it was like, we got to put some things in place that gives us data of like, hey, you know what? Here's where I'm at on this. And so it's important, and what I'm talking about is goals. I'm talking about writing down some things that you can look at your life and go, hey, you know what? I'm off. I'm just off. I'm, I'm, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not in the middle of the road. I'm over here. And so we kind of inspect and take note. Even the scripture says uh, that it's important. It literally says, let a man examine himself. Let, let your, you got to live in a way uh, that you just take inventory of like how things are going and where stuff is. And so at the beginning of the year, we wrote this, these books. Uh, they're called our Seek books. Um, we did a series called Seek at the beginning of the year, and we just made plans. We, it's full of goals, and I'm actually going to get into this day today. I'm going to kind of pull like Paul. I'm going to say, hey, it's been you know almost nine months, and we got 120 days left of the year. And some of us, many of us, me and areas too, the wheels just fell off. <laughs> you know, we're not where we want to be in this book. You know, especially summer does that to you. And you're just like, oh, we got to put this back together. And it's fall and it's Labor Day weekend. And so we got about 120 days left. Let's take a look at some of these things and let's just finish strong. Because I believe that how you finish is how you start. How you exit is how you enter. And so let's just go to God and say, you know what? Let's, you know what? The wheels may have fallen off. Some things may have been crazy. Uh, had to spend a lot of time with the in-laws over the summer, and I just need to fix myself now. <laughs> we're going to, you know, we're going to look at that. And, uh, and so these books actually, um, they're not written out like January, February, March. They're just, they're just written out with some spots for you to write goals. And so we have these at the information table. They're free for you. And so if you weren't with us at the time that we did this and you want to grab one of these and start, I encourage you to do that uh, on your way out. Pick one and, and write some goals and finish the year strong. But the Bible is full of telling us 
uh, the importance of having vision, having a plan for our life, having goals. Um, I think, you know, it's really comes down to stewardship. When you get to heaven and God says, hey, let's take a look at your life, you know, and, and how did you spend it? What did you do with it? It's really just coming down to like, you know, how did you manage the gifts, the talents, the time that I gave you? And I think ideas like this of having a vision and, and making plans for them is very godly. I, th I would go and I'm telling you it's spiritual. Many of us think, oh, it sounds like a life coach or it just sounds like you're, no, it's spiritual for us to steward and manage the days that God gave us. Amen. Scripture talks about it often. Psalm 90, it says this, Psalm 90, 12, it says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. That tells us that God's got a plan for our days and we need to walk according to them. We need to spend them in a certain way, not just, hey, what do you feel like doing today? What do you feel like doing today? No, spend them as we should. Like we should have a plan for them. We should have a strategy that, that God has led us into and we should see those lived out. Um, you heard me mention just a minute ago, uh, this whole largest gap in the world between what we know to do and what we actually do. Well, goals and plans help us put those two things together, close that gap. So we write some things out and we stick to it. Uh, my mentor used to say this, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. And many of us are that way. Well, how do you see your life with your kids? How do you see your career? Like, oh, I don't know. And then you look back at the end of the year and your result is like you really hit nothing. You didn't advance. You missed. Amen. So we got to have some plans. We got to put some things on paper. We got we to gotta write some goals so that as we aim for something, we can see it fulfilled. Uh, they say this about goal writing. Most people overshoot what they do in the short term, but they significantly undershoot what they can do in five years. So as you're talking to God and as you're making plans, uh, especially in the short term, maybe in the 120 days to finish the year the way God has called you to live, you know, don't get too crazy with it. Pick some simple things and like, God, I'm going to make sure we hit these things. I'm going to make sure we do this. The start of the year in January, you see this all the time. How to lose 90 pounds in nine days. You're like, that's not <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> but I'm going to click on it and see if it's possible. You know, like... <laughs> And, and that's like just how we're sold by culture is like this immediate microwave result. And so I think it's okay to reprogram yourself of like, hey, what, what's possible? What can I really do? And then in the five-year plan, we say, oh, I don't know if in five years I could get that paid off or get that finished or do this or that. But you'd be surprised with a really well thought out plan what you could do. Amen? And so part of closing the gap is just, is just making a plan for this. And then they say this, many people stop achieving goals because they end up spending energy looking at somebody else's. So they write plans, they get goals, and then they see what somebody's doing over here, or what somebody didn't do over here, and they miss their mark because they're so concerned with somebody else's. Amen? We got to get some goals and stick to them. It doesn't matter on the left or right what's happening. You go and you run your days that Psalm says. We number our days and we plan them accordingly. We run with them. Don't let people pull you off. Amen? 1 Corinthians 9.26 says, so I, do, so I do not run without a goal. I fight like a boxer who is hitting. Uh, so we do not run without a goal. I fight like a boxer who is hitting something, not just air. And I feel like that's like kind of our lives. You know, where many times you're just, you're going through the day. So somebody, hey, how's it going? Oh, busy, crazy. The last 30 days, oh, you know, summer. And you're explaining a boxer who was just swinging at the air, which really looks ridiculous, right? Just somebody in a tantrum swinging around. But a strategic fighter, it's almost artistic. You see somebody get in the ring and, and, and they're using their craft and they're, they're breaking down their opponent and they're hitting their goals. And uh, we heard it a lot in this last Mayweather fight. Like, 
they had a game plan and a strategy and they executed it. And it was something really smart. It's the same way is what the scripture is saying. Don't just go in there and flail and be crazy and expect a good result. Have a plan, have a strategy and go in there and execute it. Amen. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So scripture is saying, you know, get an iPad and uh, make goals. <laughs> you got to get a tablet. You got to put the goals in there. <laughs> but it's saying like, why is it saying a tablet? It's saying like, get something that you write it down. You know, go to a church that made you a book that you can write it down and you can make some goals and you can go back and look at that. Why? It's going to help you keep toward the vision. Uh, this statement I think is so powerful. Indecision is the greatest thief of opportunity. Many times, because we haven't made a decision about our goals or what we want to do or where we see ourselves going, when great opportunity shows up, you don't know how to react to it because you don't know which way you're going in life. Amen? And so I think when we define, this is who I am, this is where I'm going, this is what I want to do, God can send that opportunity that you can hit a home run on. Yeah, that fits. Yeah, that works. Let's, let's run with this thing because we put some things together in our life. And then I just believe this, that whatever God puts in your heart as a goal and as a plan... God gets with that and stands behind that and encourages that. Uh, I love this in 2 Chronicles 15, 7. It says, but as for you, be strong and don't give up for your work will be rewarded. So pick a goal, have a strategy, make a plan for your life, have a vision, and then stick to it. Work that thing because the scripture is saying, hey, if you don't quit, you're going to be rewarded in it. Amen? So you'll notice in this book, there's a couple categories. And so I just want to throw out some ideas as you leave and you can take notes. And then when you get the book, or if you go back to your book that you wrote in January, you're going to go home. And I think your first goal for today would be to go home and just try to find that book. And, um, if, and then when you find it, step two is open it. And step three would be see if you finished it from January, even finished writing it out. Um, amen quiet church here today. It's quiet. Everybody's quiet. <laughs> family goals. So number one thing that we put in the book is our family goals. Like, what's your goal for your family? What's your plan? Are you swinging? Many of you, it's like that. I mean, you're like Will Ferrell in the uh, telephone booth. You're just screaming and flailing. I'm in a glass case of emote. You know, you're just like lost your mind. That's your family life. You're just trying to survive. You know, it's half, it's half anyway. So you're, what's your goals? What's your plan? I was going to be more truthful there uh, and share, but then I realized I should use wisdom and not be so transparent. <laughs> Thank God for melatonin for children and amen. Can I get an amen for that? <laughs> I give so much of that to my wife and stuff. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because I love her. She needs sleep and energy. I just treasure her. I want to make sure she's well rested. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So goals for your family. Here's a way to look at this. Prayer life. Oh, here he comes. He's going to tell us we got to pray more with our kids. We need to do the thing. We need to. I'm just saying this. If your prayer life and your passion for it and your vision is that you pray before dinner, like, yeah, we're doing it. We pray before dinner. We pray before bed. If that's it, great. Like, if that's your thing, great. But I'm just saying, like, whatever you spend the time doing in that category, just make sure you have a passion about it. Just make sure that's what you feel called to do, that that's your time. We pray with our kids before bed. We actually don't pray for dinner, before dinner. I'm just making a confession. I think I did in January too. We don't. We, I do pray actually all throughout dinner. I pray that these kids just eat this meal and get this over with. It doesn't take me two hours. <laughs> that's what I pray. And, uh, 
but don't just do a prayer life with the kids because it's a tradition or, you know, you did it this way. Find something that you feel like is important to you, a way that matters and that your heart is in and make that your goal and stick to it. Amen. Church life is another one in family. Like, what does church life look like for your family? What's a goal? Write it out. Make a plan. Like, hey, we're going to finish these next 120 days. The rest of the year, this is how we're going to finish church life with our kids. This is the amount of days we see ourselves committing to it. This is what the calendar looks like for it. This is just what we have on our heart to do with our family. What does it look like for community? Like, how do you want your kids involved in community? If you have older kids, you know, how do you see them serving their city, their town? How do you see them involved in ways that they can give back instead of being isolated to their home and their stuff and their own? Like, just what's your plan for maybe you can come here and serve on a Sunday as a family and put out flags and do setup and do some things where you're giving back as a family? What does it look like? That's a question I would ask myself in goals is what does quality time look like? A big one is household fairness. You know, what, like, what do the chores look like? Let's sit down and break this down. You know, what does it look like for this person and that person? And, and I know that stuff sounds silly, but it's a great way to avoid a fight. If you both have come and the whole family has come together and agreed upon, like, what that looks like, then when it's time to complain about this one doing that or this one doing that, you go, hey, guys, I don't know why we're fighting. We all agreed. Remember, we made a plan. We had this thing. So you just eliminate some of the fighting. <laughs> Amen. And so household fairness, what does that look like? That's a simple way for you to, to just execute and see success uh, in family. Another one is projects. Talking to the dudes right now. Um, how many things did you get done this summer you were supposed to get done? You got 120 days to get that wrapped up, amen? <laughs> um, I'm in that category too. I got stacks of wood. I got some things that I still got to put together uh, and get finished. So just figure it out. You got 120 days left. You know, you guys made a commitment that this summer, this year, we wanted to make sure we got this thing done. And you look back, you know, we've been saying that since we moved in, we were going to get that finished. Make a plan for it. I think God honors that. Amen. And it brings just unity in the home. I know some of this stuff is practical, but just sit down together and just avoid the, you know, the frustration that can, and just make a plan for it. Amen. So what are some projects? Some other things I think in family you need to decide, just make a plan for fun. What are some places you're going to visit? What are some places that you're like, you know what? We drive past that all the time, and we say, one day we're going to try that. We all have that, right? We've been saying, one day for 10 years, we're going to try that. Well, try it. Make a plan. Like, literally, get out the calendar and say, this is the one day right here that we're going to try that thing. What are some intentional activities? We got great parks. We got cool little places around here. Just go to a park. Sit around. Uh, we... I think it was last Sunday night, went to a park and um, had a great family time. Caroline wanted to run uh, this soccer field. And I was like, oh, that is such a great idea. Jess and Caroline, why don't you guys run back and run? And they raced so good and I cheered so good. And uh, it was a great family time. And, uh, but intentional, like we just actually made a plan for that night. We're like, hey, you know, we got this much time left in this night. We want to do this thing and it cost us nothing. We drove down the road, and, 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 and we did that. We watched the girls run. Charlie and I sat and wrestled, and they ran. And, uh, but that stuff, you're like, oh, that doesn't sound very spiritual. It is. It's a big deal because you get to plan in meaningful time. That's where there's no phone, no TV, no email to get to, no amen. It's that stuff. Date nights. Somebody say amen. You put those date nights on there. We do a terrible job, pseudo, like, hey, we got this time, and it turns into also Sam's Club run, also this, also this. You always have to defend these date nights, amen? 
and you just make a plan for them and you try to protect them and, and we have those on the calendar and it's tough and it's hard, to, but you just fight for it. You make a plan for it and God says that your hard work in that will be rewarded. Amen. Number two, health is a category that you can write goals. You'll see in the book, just health. What does it look like for you to live healthy this year? Is it, do you need more sleep? I was somebody who loved to stay up super late. I still do. Uh, but I just, as I read studies and different things, that there's a lot of data coming out that just talks about the importance of X amount of sleep that you should get. And so maybe for some of you, uh, you actually literally have to plan in going to bed a little bit earlier, you know, getting a little bit more sleep, something like that. Uh, the, what are some habits that you have in your life that are hurting your physical body? That it's time for you to just say, like, this doesn't honor God. This doesn't produce a good reward. This does not help me manage my days, number my days. I'm actually taking away from my days of life. Amen. And so what are some things that we can get rid of, make a goal to? What about your pace, your schedule, the way that you're running and running and running and you have no days? You know that uh, we, we did a book, we read a book here called Addicted to Busy. There's another book called Simplify, both just talking about your pace. The Addicted to Busy book says that you were created to have a Sabbath, which is a day of rest. Literally, when God made your body, he said, this body is designed to make sure it has a day of rest. And if we choose not to do that as humans, your body will find a way to shut you down in a terrible way, heart attack, stroke. It does it for you because your body was created to find rest and have place and time with God, amen? So pace is a big deal. What's your, what's your pace? Are there some things that you need to do to just be healthier? Supplements, some things. You need to start taking some vitamins. Your life's been telling you for 10 years. You need to get on vitamins. Just go get those vitamins. Make a goal for it, amen? Some other bigger stuff, you know, in health, you know, is there counseling? Have you known for years that you need to talk to somebody about some stuff? Get that counseling. We mentioned winning at home. We have other counseling things that we're connected to. Let's just go free up that emotional space and get healed and get healthy uh, and make that one of our goals. Again, it's one of those, make it a five-year plan. Make, you know, don't try to do it all. Oh, by December, I'm going to be emotionally healed. Make it a plan and figure it out. And but, but let's make sure... We steward our bodies well because 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Meaning like this, this thing that we've been given is from God and we need to take really good care of it. We need to really manage it in a way that's honoring God. Amen? Number three, this is a big one, finances. I'll go fast so that you're not too uncomfortable. Uh, I love this one. Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful person will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. If our desire and our goals are just get rich and make more money and move to the bigger house, that's gonna bite you in the end. That's gonna get you. When all we do is strive and we're eager to be rich and have money and get stuff, but a faithful person, faithful in the way that we steward and faithful in the way that we honor God with our resources will be richly blessed. And so what are some of the ways that you can write goals in your resources? Well, we know that God called us to be good stewards of our money. What's our plan to steward our money? What's our plan to take care of it the way that God called us to? Uh, that's a good way to write a goal. Do you know your numbers? I think a lot of times when you know, we run into financial trouble or we meet with somebody who's in financial trouble. The first question you ask is like, well, hey, how much do you spend on this and this and this? And I've just found that most people that run into real trouble, they don't have the answer. They actually don't know where they're spending money and what they're doing because they just spend it as they feel it in the day and, and it gets you. And so know your numbers. I know for us, you know, there's times where 
as we were trying to tighten up our budget at different times of our life, we're looking at things and I'm like, oh my gosh, do you realize that like I spend this much money on soda? Do you realize I spent this much money on coffee or out to eat? Like out to eat is a huge one. Uh, you can go out to eat so much that, you know, literally it's been triple of what your grocery bill should have been. And, uh, and so those are ways that you steward your money. Now, I know that's not like getting us to wave a hanky and jump up and shout, amen, glory. But like the freedom that that will give you to be able to walk out your assignment here on earth, if you have the peace of mind of like you're resourced well, that's spiritual. Amen. And so just know your numbers, you know, know, know where it is. And, and when it's talking about number your days and spend them accordingly, that's, that should be your money stuff. And so e even in your plan, like what is your financial plan? We know what we want to be in five years, seven years. We got these ideas and we work towards them. Why? Because God called us to steward well, to have a plan for that stuff. Amen. Uh, another one is want versus need. That's a big one. Our culture sells you is you must have this. And then we all do the Napoleon Dynamite. I want that. <laughs> you know, I really want that. But you don't need it because it goes in the closet and you don't actually use it and da, da 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 And so I think some of the goals that we write in need to literally be like, do I need this or do I just really want this? And it's okay to buy some things that you just really want. Hobbies are fine. I'm not against any of that. We have dirt bikes and we have all these recreational things we've spent money on. That's fine if it's been stewarded in an appropriate way uh, that you can manage that, amen? And so I think in your goals, you just do the want versus need. Is this, is this really something? And then God honors that. So you number your days. Some fun ways that you do it is you take your calendar and you number your days. So every so many days, we get to spend this much money. So for some of you that like to shop, you just know spring clothes are going to hit at this time, and we've saved up some money that I'm going to do some spring shopping, I'm going to do some fall shopping, I'm going to get to spend some money like this because I've planned for it, I've made a way for it, instead of just every weekend email when Old Navy and Banana Republic email you nine times in a day, you go, I want that, and you run over there, right? Just make a plan of like when you do get to spend and splurge and go do it because you've saved up for it, you've numbered your days, you get to get after it, Amen. And uh, number, 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 number your days. We have our 10-year anniversary we celebrated uh, just a couple days ago. And so after next Sunday, we're getting out of here. We've made plans. We numbered our days. We're going to go spend our 10-year anniversary because we plan for it. And we're excited to be able to do it. And we're not quick at the end, like putting money together to try to, we got to plan for it. Amen. And so the freedom in that is awesome. My wife does a great job even planning for Christmas. Number your days. Here's a little tip. Christmas comes every year. And um, usually your family wants gifts every year too, usually. And uh, so what you could do all year is knowing that Christmas is coming, you just buy stuff all throughout the year. And Jess will make things and craft things and like acquire things all throughout the year. And uh, it saves us a bunch of money. That way at Christmas rush, it's not like, oh my gosh, we have to spend this much money. Everybody say that's good preaching. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> I know it's a little different than normal, but I'm telling you, like, if we can get this stuff, the freedom and the margin that it'll give you. Bill Johnson's a great pastor. He says this. He says, one of the greatest tactics of the enemy is to get us stressed and overwhelmed in our mind and our thinking because God has answers in heaven to everything that we need. So the political realm, everything that has a need, there is an answer in heaven for that. But the problem is when we spend so much of our energy with our head down, oh, bills, oh, bill, this next thing, I need that. I need, our mind is going to these things that we're distracted in instead of having this clarity of like, okay, heaven, I'm listening for this creative answer to this world's needs. 
our head is actually down, stressed, thinking about all these other things, and we miss what God has to meet the need of the world now. Amen? So that's why I'm passionate about this stuff, and that's why I want us to really get it, is because if we can set our goals and, and live and create margin and have space, you know, an example, Andy Stanley says it like this, if I'm back here, I'm not thinking very much about that edge because there's margin, there's space. I'm not worried about it. I'm back here. But if you put a bunch of stuff behind me and you guys made me just walk the line, I'd have a hard time talking because all I'm thinking about is the edge. Well, we spend so much of our energy on the edge, financially, emotionally, schedule, that it's hard for us to actually enjoy and engage and spend our days accordingly. Amen? Does that make sense? So I know we're not like, oh, this is revival talk. This is amazing. But this is the heart of God, like creating margin, having space so that we can live the way he created us to. Amen? All right. So finances, you know, just create space. Number four, your career. Ecclesiastes 2.24 says, Nothing is better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. So God wants you to live and work in something that you're passionate about. God wants you to enjoy what you're putting hand to. God's saying like, hey, there's nothing better than when you got food and drink and when you enjoy what you do. Amen? And I think in that, for us, sometimes it's creating goals that say, hey, I need to see myself working in this place as if it's unto the Lord. You know, many times we're like, oh, that boss or that thing or that whatever. But I think when you get into a place and you say, you know what, I know that God sees this and God sees the way I'm honoring the boss and God sees the way that I'm honoring this and doing this and that he's going to reward me in this. I think when we write a goal about how we're going to keep maybe our attitude in check or the way that we talk about different things to other people, I think when we do that, God's going to bless us and bring us reward in our career. Amen. I thought about the scripture says when you're faithful and little, he'll make you ruler over much. So in our workplaces, what are your goals to just be faithful with every, every end, to every degree? You're just in it. You're just being faithful. You're making sure you're, you're stewarding that career the best that you can. Another way in our career that I think is really important is I believe that God put you in your career and in the place that you're in. And so there's this term in church called the marketplace ministry, meaning a lot of people think ministry only happens in the church and in the temple and the synagogue and all but out in the marketplace is an amazing ministry. Where God put you is where he wants you ministering. So the people you're around, I'm not talking you roll in with, you know, the Old Testament wrapped around your neck and you're standing on your lunch table like shouting scripture at people. I'm talking about you're in there ready to pray for somebody, listen to somebody, connect with somebody. And so I believe if you write some goals of like, you know what, I'm going to go in and each day, I'm going to make sure I walk past that desk and I say a prayer over it or I say this or and, you know, not like walking past the boss and being like, I pray you get hit by a train today. Not that kind of prayer, <laughs> but, you know, a good one. Like a, I pray like, you know, amen. And so have those goals, like literally write out like how you see yourself operating in your work and then ask yourself all throughout the year. Hey, am I doing that? Am I praying for that person that way? Am I speaking life over this company? Amen. Number five, this will be our last one, is Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider how, so this is for community. Uh, actually, there's two more. So community. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some have in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so community, connecting, being in a relationship. Uh, I think about it like this. It's saying, hey, you got to come together and cheer each other around and be there for one another. When the news is saying all kinds of crazy stuff and spewing things to be negative this way, negative that way, it's saying, hey, toward the, you got to come together and, and encourage one another and speak life over one another and build each other up. Amen? 
Community matters. Think about your goals this way. Uh, consider your territory, like wh where you live and, and how you can make a difference uh, in the region that God gave you. Um, another question you can ask is, what do I do for others, like strategically? Like, what do I do in a day? Like, when I wake up and I plan my life, like, what is my life planned to do for others? Or am I only doing and striving and acquiring things for my own gain? And what would that look like? And then the last one, I'll close with this, is spiritual. Uh, your spiritual goals. And again, I know you think I'm going to spend a lot on this, but I'll make it quick. Uh, Ephesians 1.17, it says, I keep asking that the God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. And so you've heard me say this before. Uh, we don't just like graduate from faith school. Like, oh, I've graduated from faith school. I'm now like, no, God always wants to grow us into more and more. And when the scripture says we go from glory to glory, uh, one of the prayers written in the New Testament, I believe it was Paul says, hey, my prayer is that you abound more and more, like you continually grow. You just don't get set up, just stuck in a pew and you've gone to church for so many years and then you just feel like you've sort of arrived. It's like, no, always grow, like this scripture was saying, that, so that you know him better. So what are your prayer goals? Just literally write down like how you see yourself praying and how you're gonna live that out the next 120 days. What about worship, your time where you come and you sing and you lift his name up and, and you express yourself with your words? What does that look like for you? What about Bible devotion? You know, it's easy for us to, to, you know, maybe just read a book or do a thing, but is there a way this year in the next 120 days that you could do a devotion that, that causes you to abound more and more in him and to know him better? The Bible app on your phones and on your iPads is a great way. You can download devotions in there and it sends you reminders and texts and all these ways to just keep you encouraged in your plan. Um, what about serving? You know, we know that God said that uh, we're a body here and in all of our parts, we all work together to make up this thing. So what part do you play in the body of Christ? How can you serve the church and connect and contribute? Uh, sharing, of course, of our resources is spiritual. What way can we connect and give back and invest uh, in, in the ways that we share and build up? And it all boils down to this. My mentor said this to me all the time. Proof of all of this. So we say, I want to love God. I want to see my city changed. I want to grow in God. I want to raise a godly family. I want to steward my resources godly. I want to we all say all of that. We say it. But my mentor always says proof is in the pursuit of it, in the pursuit. So I could say, oh, hey, everybody, I'm going to learn to play the keyboard. I'm going to be a keyboard player. I'm going to play the keyboard and I'm going to be awesome at it. And I'm going to be so great in the things of keyboard. Like we say, I'm going to just grow in the things of God. I'm going to be so great. And so then you come to me and you're like, hey, you're going to be so great in the things of keyboard. How's that going? Did you get a keyboard? Oh, no, no, I didn't get a keyboard yet. No, no. Oh, so you're taking lessons? Somebody has a keyboard there where you take, oh, no, 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 not, not, not taking lessons. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm not doing anything, actually. I'm not accomplishing anything in the realm of being great in the keyboard. Am I actually pursuing playing the keyboard? Not at all. Proof that I want to be a keyboard player is in the pursuit, the steps that I take, the goals that I accomplish to get there. And I think we do that all the time in the things of God. I want to raise a family this way. I want to do this way. I want to do this way. And then you go, okay, so how are we doing? Oh, you're, you're not really doing anything. Proof is in the pursuit. Amen. And I know that's a hard word. I know that sounds like really condemning. And uh, we're all missing it. We're all missing areas in our life where we could pursue better. All of us are. 
But I think that's what we got to get to. We got to go, okay, it has to stop being this good idea and it needs to start being a strategy or a railroad or some tracks that we get on to get there. And then we evaluate and we take a look at it. Amen? Because God is up in heaven just waiting, just so excited to cheer you through it and to see it happen in your life. Amen? We say this all the time. Uh, Mark Batterson has these great quotes. He said, uh, bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they are insulting to God. There is nothing God loves more than keeping his promises, answering prayers, performing miracles, and fulfilling dreams. Most of us don't miss it because it's not possible. We miss it because we just give up on it. God's up there like, yeah, I can't wait to make this happen. I'm, I'm behind you. I'm with you. Let's do it. Scripture says God's up in heaven watching over his word, waiting to perform it. Like make it happen on our behalf. But we, we just, we miss the goals. We step off the path and then there's nothing there. Let, let's write some goals. Let's make some plans. Let's finish this year strong. Amen.